and altogether there were 11 ships. So now you can imagine it's quite like, this is like an army. This is not you going on a, on a sail cruise on, at the Bahamas. No, 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 this is like, this is the army. We are going in with a purpose to take Mexico. And they went to this area, and um, the whole idea was to, to go and grab hold of a treasure. There was a treasure on this island, and it was apparently one of the richest treasures in the world at that time. There were gold, silver, I mean, jewelry, whatever you name it. There were everything on that. Yeah, they were petrol. <laughs> it's more relevant to us nowadays. Everything was there that, that everyone actually wanted because everyone knew about it. Many armies tried to go into this island to grab hold of this treasure and all of them failed. For some reason, they all failed. So this man said, no, this, this time we're not going to fail. So I'm taking my 600 people, my horses and my ships, we're setting sail on this conquest to grab hold of this treasure and, um, and that land. And this guy's name was Hernando Cortez. Uh, I'm not going to try and um, you know, do it in a nice accent, but that was good enough, right? And he was a conqueror. That was like his job, man. We want to conquer, in a sense, nations. We want to conquer areas. And we're taking this army and we're going. But he knew that many people have tried to do this before. So what's, what's going to be different this time? And I'm sure all of those soldiers and sailors had the same thought, knowing that many armies came before us and they failed, what's going to be different this time? And Cortez actually sat for a moment and he was like, well, I probably need to excite them to go with me, right? Because now they know they're probably going to die. So I need to give them something. So now he, he paints this picture of how beautiful this treasure is, man. You want this treasure. And he gives them this vision of, man, you need this, this treasure, actually. And he sucks them up, for, so to speak. And I'm sure many armies before that did the same thing. So now he, he knows, well, I probably need to do something else. But anyway, they, they seem positive. So we're going and they arrive at this uh, beach. And um, I'm sure they were waiting for Cortez to give them instruction. Okay, you guys are going there to take that part of this land. And strategically, we are moving from this way around. And we're going to actually take this ground. And we're going to grab hold of this treasure. So the people are waiting for the instruction from him. And, and he comes up and he says, okay, guys, listen up. It's this time. We are here. I'm going to give you an instruction on what to do next. And, he's, and then he said the following. He said, burn the ships. Uh, I'm sure they were probably, no, no, I probably misheard. It's probably like waxing my ear or something. What, what did you say? Uh, burn the ships. And that was his instruction. Imagine being a soldier and it's like, man, the boat that I came with, my transport back home, we're going to burn that now. What do you mean burn the ships? And he, he, was, he was serious. Burn the ships. So they burned the ships. And suddenly... There was no way back. And he said, the only way we're going back is with their ships. As we are going in to take hold of this land, we are taking their ships and with their ships we're going back. And suddenly there was a different motivation. It's either life or death. It's like, man, we don't have our own you know, boat back. It's, we need to 
take theirs, actually. So we need to fight. So suddenly there was a, a massive motivation. Like, my life actually depends on this. I'm going to commit to this, this, army, this army. I'm going to commit this, to this project, so to speak. I'm going to be all in. If, if I'm not, if half of us are not all in, we actually won't go back. Because there's no way back. And it made me think of a story Jesus told that I want to read to us this morning. In Luke chapter 9, verse 56, uh, 57 sorry, to 62. And you can read with me on the board. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, which is Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another one said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. You can just keep that up there. No one who puts his hand to the plow to, uh, and, and looks back is fit in the service in the kingdom of God. And there's a sense of, man, I'm not looking back. I am all in. I don't have a boat waiting for me at the harbor. I'm all in. This is the only way that I'm going to advance is by going and fighting in, for God's kingdom. I'm not going to make a decision in putting my hand on the plow and when I look back, oh, that looks more comfortable, right? Being on my nice yacht and um, uh, that looks much more comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep the back door open. So I've got one hand here in the kingdom trying to put my hand on the plow in the work of God, but I've got my, another hand waiting just for in case something goes wrong and goes south, and then I've got my escape room. That's why all of those armies didn't manage to grab hold of that treasure because they had one hand in and one hand here. And Cortez said, both hands in. We're burning the ships. And that is actually the condition that Jesus gives us in the way we need to follow him. Not one hand on him. Yes, Lord, I'm following you. But, oh, Lord, sometimes it's just so hard. So I've got my one hand on the things of this world, the things that's, that, that's a desire in my heart. I'm just going to keep one hand on that. Just for in case it really gets hard, you're not going to grab hold of the treasure God has for you. And Jesus is saying, burn the ships. Burn the ships. Both hands in. Both hands on the plow. You're not looking back on the life I once lived. We learn from it. But we can't look back, oh man, I missed those old days, you know. The good old days. And we look back. And we desire those days. In other words, Jesus was saying to them, you can't follow me with your own conditions, actually. You can't follow me with your own conditions. You're not setting the rules. I am setting the rules, Jesus says. So you can't come with, okay, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me just go and do this first. That's what they were saying, right? Let me just go and bury my, the, the dead first. Let me just go and say goodbye to my family first. Let me just go and, and finish my career first. Let me just go and, and marry first. Let me just go and do whatever you want to do first before you want Jesus to come back. That's not how it works in following Jesus. You're all in or you shouldn't be actually trying. 
You need to be all in. All in. And I'm not saying, trying as if, you know, give up this morning. I'm actually encouraging us to, man, be all in. Whatever is holding you back, be all in. And can I say that these guys that Jesus was speaking to, Jesus was very important to them. That's why they said, Lord, we want to follow you. Man, I, I can see this is important. I, I know this is the right thing to do. This is important. And Jesus says, says to them, okay, well, close the back door. And suddenly you get confronted with, how important is it really? And many of us know that following Jesus is important, right? Many of us know that church is important, right? That's why many of us are here this morning. Maybe you, you've been invited by a friend and, and you're kind of checking us out. And we know that following Jesus is important. Doing the Christian thing is important. But can I tell you that if you keep the back door open, at some stage you'll use it. If you have a back door in following Jesus, at some stage, you'll use it. Jesus doesn't want us to keep our boats in the harbor. He wants us to burn the ships so that we can really rely on Him and trust Him. If you have a back door and it gets tough, it gets too hard, and you want to say, oh, man, I'm out of here, be careful. Be careful. I don't have the scripture with me now, but Jesus had many disciples. Did you know they didn't just have the 12? He actually had many disciples. A disciple is simply someone who follows Jesus. So we are disciples of Jesus, actually. So you can call yourself a disciple now. <laughs> and so Jesus at one stage had many disciples, thousands actually. And uh, they were following all, all of them were following Jesus passionately they, because they knew it's important. And, and they actually followed him for selfish reasons, did you know that? So they were following Jesus because Jesus was feeding them. And at some stage, Jesus stopped and he was looking at the crowd and it's like, oh, he actually made it hard for them to, for, to follow him. And he said, well, you need to actually lay down your life for me. You need, need to lay down your life for me and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. And many of them, it actually says, many of them at that moment turned away from him. Many of them, many as in hundreds, turned away because it was just, the cost was just too high because they had a back door open, actually. It was just too difficult. Jesus, you, I like the nice Jesus, man, where you feed me and you keep me happy when you tickle my ears with nice words, but now suddenly you, you require of me to actually lay down my life and give up certain things to follow me? Whoa, Jesus, that's too hard. And then you see the disciples in the way, how did they respond? You know, guys know the story. They actually, Jesus looked at the disciples after they walked away, the, the others walked away, and Jesus turned to the 12, and, and Peter and the guys were sitting there, probably shocked and like guys where are you going like why are you leaving and jesus looked at him do you want to go as well imagine that imagine you're one of our 12 and you're like jesus is telling you do you want to go as well and jesus uh, peter turns and he, and he says jesus where to shall we go where to shall we go you have the words of eternal life man you are the life where to shall we go they didn't have a back door 
Naturally, yes, they were fishermen at trade, so they had, they had their career going for them. They had certain things going for them, but they knew that, man, this is so valuable that I'm going to close the back door. Where to shall we go? Nothing in this world will compare to following you, Jesus. So they closed the back door. So God is calling us to be all in this morning. God is calling us to put our hands to the plow and not look back. God is calling us to burn the ships this morning. What is your back door? What is your escape route? What are the ships that you need to burn today? What are those ships that you need to burn today? I've just mentioned that the early disciples, and I want to read a scripture in Matthew 4 where Jesus called the early disciples. And as I was saying, he was all in, right? I'm hoping that you're seeing, well, not he, the disciples, they were all in. Jesus was all in as well. <laughs> the disciples were all in. And I want to just take you to a scripture of where Jesus called the disciples to follow him. So Jesus, while walking at the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen at trade. That's what I said. They were actually working. And uh, he said to, Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. What's that first word? Immediately. Just say that again. Immediately. They left their nets and followed him. They didn't wait until the fish bites and then I'll, Lord, then I'll follow you. I don't care if there's a fish on that line. I, there was an immediately call <laughs> that Jesus gave them. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them as well. And um, what? Immediately... They as well left the boat and their father and followed him. Yeah. And I look at that scripture and it's like, that's quite challenging to me to read that. And I'm like, they had a response of immediately. They didn't have a condition to follow Jesus. And I'm hoping that this morning that if you have subtly let conditions creep into your heart that you'll let go of that. If suddenly you thought that Jesus will come and actually fix your life and give you what you asked for and prayed for, sometimes he will actually not give that to you to test if you are really wanting to follow me or are you here just to be fed? <laughs> Is there immediately in your heart to follow him? And it doesn't mean you have to now leave your job like they did. It doesn't mean you have to suddenly just leave everything in your responsibilities and just, oh, you said I should follow him immediately. So I'm not, I'm not going to work tomorrow. Praise God. <laughs> You're probably going to get fired. <laughs> but in your heart, man, they said immediately. Then you see other guys like Luke, for example, who was a, a doctor. We've got a few doctors here with us as well. I mean, they said immediately, there should be an immediately in your heart. So it doesn't mean you just need to leave everything and be full-time. It, it means being a teacher like Aaron's and, and his heart is immediately wherever he is. I always say, man, we all call to advance God's kingdom. It just really depends on where you get your salary from to, to, to cover your day-to-day. 
But we're all called to, God, to advance God's kingdom. We're all called to have a heart of immediately, Lord, I'm following you. And the point really was, if I just look at the disciples, they were sold out for Jesus. They were sold out for Jesus. Do you see that? They were sold out for him. If you think of, of, of Peter, if, you, if you've read some of his reactions and responses uh, while walking with Jesus, man, he was sold out for him. Once or twice, you know, he, he makes a mistake and he repents and he, he moves on, but he was sold out for Jesus. You know what's a, 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 a nice word? I don't know if it is a nice word, but a nice word that I want to actually mention this morning of, of, of the way God wants us to follow him is to be a berserker. You know what is a berserker? Not a bazooka, a berserker. It's a word that, that I've heard before and you don't, it's not necessarily part of my vocabulary, but I, I just had a look at what does this mean? And then I realized, man, when I looked at this word berserker, because I've heard it before, then I realized Peter, in, in Jesus' disciple, was a berserker. Man, he was a berserker. And a berserker really means a warrior who, who fought with wild ferocity. Is ferocity the right word? Man, there was a, a wildness on him. Man, he fought like, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to fight this fight ferociously. And he's going to be all in. He's going to be sold out for this fight. He's going to be a berserker. When Cortez tells the soldiers, guys, we are taking this ground, there's always that one guy, yeah, we're doing this. That is a berserker. Not, are you sure? Uh, have you thought this through? Nah, I, I, think that's I don't think this is going to work. That's not a berserker. That's a, I don't know what that is. but. Uh, and sometimes we can be like that in church. We can be like that with Jesus. Jesus tells us, come follow me. And like, nah. Or the leaders tell us, okay, guys, we, we're taking this mountain. Uh, have you thought this through? Do you know it's going to really cost us? Man, you, you are killing my peace here. You're killing my joy. Can't you just leave me so that I can just come and sit on the chair and go home? That's not a berserker. But we've got a few berserkers in this church, let me tell you that. When, when we say, guys, we are, we are doing something, and then guys are like, come on. And guys, are, and I'm first there. I'm with you. How can I help? How can we advance God's kingdom when there's a community plant, when there's a church plant? Man, I'm there because I'm a berserker for Jesus. I'm all in. I'm going to be a warrior in this fight, and I'm going to fight ferociously. And I want to tell us, we need more berserkers in this church. Don't be the berserker killer. <laughs> I'm, I'm honest. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You want to be the berserker. Not to be seen or to get the profile. You meant to really follow Jesus properly. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. There's another word that I want to actually just use quickly that Russell Fraser always uses. Uh, those of you who know Russell, one of the elders in Josh Jane, uh, incredible leader in our midst. And um, he always says that Man, as a church, we need to be gung-ho for God. And I was like, what, what is that? And he said it a couple of times, and I, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to be that, but I didn't know what it, what it meant. You know what I mean? It's like, he, he tells us, man, we need to be gung-ho for God. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but I didn't really know what it meant. So I had to look it up. What does it mean to be gung-ho for God, man? So this is it. This is what it means. To unthinking, unthinkly, unthinkingly, sorry, to unthinkingly enthusiastic, to unthinkingly be enthusiastic and eager, especially about taking part in fighting or warfare. To be enthusiastic and eager, especially about taking part in fighting or warfare. Man, there's an there's, there's a enthu- enthusiasm, it's, it's a difficult word for me, enthusiasm about you. There's an eagerness about you, man, but there's, there's a hunger, there's an urgency in you to be all in, to be sold out for God. And Jesus tells you, come follow me. You don't want to even just, no, I just want to do that. I just want to do that. There's an eagerness, there's an enthusiasm, like, yes, I'm there. I'm in the fight. I'm in this warfare. Do you know that we are in warfare? There's a battle going on all the time. And we want to be in that, eager, eager and with enthusiasm. And there's many young people here that I want to call to be gung-ho for God. To be all in, man, with eager, with enthusiasm. Sometimes we can be depressed Christians, you know that. Sometimes we can just, you know, oh, life is so hard. Life is really so hard. You know that. And in a sense, come on, guys. Pick your head up, stand up, and be gung-ho for God. And I'm not saying that life isn't difficult, man. We all go through through challenges and hard times. But in the midst of that, man, there's a joy in our hearts of following Jesus. Do you have that? We need more of that. I'm telling you, we need more of that. There's a lot of young people here that I want to see more gung-ho for God. I want to see berserkers. Man, when we worship, I don't want to be the guy that, that worships the most passionately in this church. When you worship, I don't want you to look at me and I, I get what we are doing, but when we worship, I want you to worship, man. I want you to be a berserker for God. I don't, I want you to, I'm not, I don't care what people think, and I'm going to just worship for God. When we go on evangelism moments out there, man, you are there, and you are the first one to share to people, because you don't care what people think. You don't care about rejection, because I've been accepted by God. When this community, you know, serving on Sunday mornings, you are there. You want to be there because you want to be a berserker for God. I'm telling you, you are going to find the breakthrough in your own heart if you're going to be all in. Sold out for Him. When you are sold out for Him, can I say that there's, there's no price on you anymore? You're, you're not for sale anymore. You're sold out. There's no price that the world will offer you that will actually grab hold of your heart because you're sold out for him. But if you have a price tag on you, if you have a backdoor on you, the devil will sniff that out. At some stage, he'll give you that. Are you sold out? Or is there a price that's just too too high to pay for Jesus? And if there is, I want to ask you this morning to be sold out for him. Be sold out. Close that back door. The devil is sneaky. We sometimes think he's, you know, he's something out there. The Bible tells us, man, 
He comes in like a roaring, like a roaring lion, just crawling around, looking what he can devour. So even this morning, the devil might be crawling around, actually, looking for back doors, looking for price tags. What's the price tag on you? If you sold out for God, there's no way that he will touch you. But if there's something on you that you just know, uh, if, there's, if there's a call from God to do this, I won't do that. The devil will sniff that out. Immediately. I remember when Jesus called me. It was immediately in my heart. This morning we were praying and there was a sense of Jesus is calling us by name this morning. When Jesus called me by name, it was an immediately in my heart. I did struggle at times. I did, you know, make, made bad decisions at times. But in my heart, it was an immediately. I remember just wanting to leave everything just to follow God. And I'm sure the disciples probably felt the same thing of, I'm busy with work and whatever, and Jesus calls them. And they was like leaving and, and just following Jesus immediately. And that was what was on my heart as well. I remember that day. I was busy with work and studies and what, what, and Jesus came and he's just like, oh yeah, I want you to follow me. Come and follow me. And it was an immediately in my heart that I just felt, man, I just want to follow you, Lord. And I remember being on fire for him. Do you remember when Jesus called you, if you're a Christian this morning, do you remember that day when Jesus called you and you just wanted to give everything to him and you were just so on fire for him, like, man, I don't care about this world anymore. I just want to follow Jesus. And you're on fire. So, and, and, and through that, you want to actually share that gospel to the world. And you were on fire for him. Doing radical things for God. I mean, I did radical things for God. I was on fire for God, and I still am. Do you remember that day when he called you? Are you still on fire like that day, so to speak? Or have you maybe lost the fire? And maybe some of us here this morning are actually longing for those days again. Maybe some of us, you know Jesus called you years ago to follow him, and I'm not speaking about full-time, I'm speaking about following him as a disciple, laying your life down to follow him. And you remember those days, and, and sometimes, man, those days you just, man, I just heard his voice so clearly. You remember that? But now, oh yeah, just life, life got hold of me, man. The worries of life just got hold of me. I'm, I'm, I'm still a Christian and, and I'm hanging on a thread, but I, I'm spending time with him every now and, then, now and then, but I don't have that zeal anymore. I don't have that passion anymore in my heart. And I want to say this morning, don't drool at the mouth by listening to these stories. I want you to act, to take action and say, Lord, from today, I'm all in. I want those days, double that, Lord. Come on. <laughs> don't look back. Don't take your hands off of the plow, all hands on deck, and go all in. And say, Lord, I want you to come and fill me. I want to be on fire like, like those days again. I want to be zealous for you and for your kingdom. I want to advance your kingdom, Lord. And the Lord will come and restore that fire in our hearts this morning. And I, I, I want us to respond just now, just, just hang on a little bit. But I also want to say, maybe you are here this morning and, and, and the Lord has been calling your name, but you actually, you, you, you heard his voice, 
but you, you are overthinking it, for, so to speak. You were actually like, nah, it's just too hard. I don't know if, if I'm willing to do that. And can I tell you this? Sometimes when the Lord tells you to follow me, we, we think, Lord, but I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect yet. I just want to sort out my life first, and then I'll follow you, right? Sometimes we just want, we want to fix ourselves and then follow Jesus. If that's our heart, if that's our approach, you'll never follow Jesus. Because we'll never be perfect. None of us are perfect. The disciples who Jesus called, they weren't perfect. They made mistakes even while following Jesus. So waiting until you're perfect is not the answer. But coming as you are is. And this, this morning I'm trusting that God is, is calling you, you by name so that you can come as you are. Not until you're perfect, but come as you are. And if you make that decision to follow Him, He will make you holy. He will make you look like Him. He will convict you of things in your life so that you can reflect Him. But are you all in for Jesus? Are you all in for Him? Are you consumed by Him? Man, I... Are you guys hearing a, a day for be dark or what? All right, just stay focused for, for a while. I want, I, want you to, I want to ask you this. Imagine a church where every person is consumed by God. Imagine if this room is full and each person is just berserkers for God, gung-ho for Him, man. My life is not my own, my life is His. I am a follower of Jesus. I am consumed by Him. All I think about is God. All I think about and dream about, all I speak about is God. Wherever I'm at, not just on Sundays, in coffee shops, at work, wherever I am, Lord, I just want to be sold out for you. And I, I know we can get weird sometimes, but there's a sense in your heart to be sold out for Him. Are you sold out for Him? It means you're unavailable to the world. <laughs> Nothing in this world. And I can say this. I've been walking with God for about 12 years. Nothing that this world can offer will ever be good enough. But following Jesus is. And I can guarantee you it will be hard. So if you're wondering, will it be hard? Yes, it will. <laughs> There's a cost in following Jesus. But in following Him, you'll enter into eternal life, forever being with God. Man, that's a treasure. That's a prize that I want to fight for. And because that's the beautiful treasure of being with Him for eternity, I'm going to burn the ships. I'm not going to keep the back door open. I'm going to burn the ships. What are those ships in your life? Just be practical. That's why you've got a paper and pen on your, on your, your seat. And I want us to be practical this morning. Just keep it there for now. We'll respond just now. But just think, start thinking about it. What are those ships? Is it maybe a, the need in your heart to be in a relationship? That's not one of the ships, but that might be. <laughs> a relationship, you get it? Is it that? Just the need to have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a need to be married, and it can really become unhealthy. Is it an, just maybe it's a new job offer and which the devil will come and actually, hey, this is an open door for you. 
Luke, this is an open door for you. You know that not all doors that open up is God. Sometimes we have this theology, every open door is God. That's not the truth. The devil can open up doors for you as well. And that's why we really need accountability and leaders around us to help us see properly. Help us see if it is God or not. And the devil can sneak in in any way. Maybe it's your desire to, and your desire for ministry, your desire to walk in your calling. It can really become unhealthy. You know that Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Did you know that? We know the story of where Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Paul mentioned it last week about fasting, and Jesus fasted, and, and he was in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. And what was he tempted with, you may, may ask. And he was actually tempted with his ministry, his call, so to speak. And the devil said, man, if you are God, you can do this, you can do that, ministry things. And Jesus said, depart from me, depart from me. This is not God's way. This is not God's timing. And straight after that, Jesus started his ministry. And I'm just like, Lord, how, how does this work? It's a couple of, I'm not sure what's the timeline between when he, when he got tempted and when he actually started his ministry, but it was very close. And the devil will come and, and, and tempt you with premature walking in your calling. Sometimes you want to grab hold of your calling. You want to grab hold of, man, this is my ministry. It might be the devil tempting you to prematurely run into it. If God has a calling for you, if God has a gift for you, he will make a door for you. He will make a way for you. You can trust him in it. You don't have to make it yourself, make it happen yourself by grabbing for it. Stay in step with him. Stay with him. And you'll drop into the calling of God. Don't worry about it. You don't have to just stay with him. Remain in me says Jesus, and I'll remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. If you want to bear fruit, just stay with Him. You'll drop into the calling God has for you. Don't lose hope with your calling because you're not walking in it yet. Just stay where, where He is, man. Maybe it's old friends that you are holding on to, that you realize, man, I want to follow Jesus, but every time I'm with these old friends, this is what happens, and it leads to sin and leads you away from God. That's the ship you need to burn. Your comfort. Maybe you, you, you got comfortable in following Jesus. And can I tell you if, you, if you really hold comfort close to heart, Jesus will challenge that. Jesus will challenge that. Like he did with many of his disciples. You want to go as well. And I want to say, Josh Jen can really be confrontational at times. <laughs> Those of you have, uh, who are new uh, or have visited us for a while, it can really at times be confrontational and challenging when it comes to our comfort zones. Some of you are, are laughing. Because sometimes, man, we, we, we just want to follow Jesus passionately. Not sometimes, we always want to follow Jesus passionately. We, we'll, we'll say things like, okay, guys, let's take away all the chairs. We're going to worship now. And there goes all your comfort. Okay, guys, we are shifting the communities around. We are making some changes in communities. There goes all your comfort. 
Okay, guys, we are planting a church somewhere. I want, I want you to, to go. There you go, it's all your comfort. Okay, guys, we've got a full-time conference early October. It's going to cost about 600 bucks. I want you to put in leave. I want you to prioritize this for this year. There goes all your comfort. But oh yeah, I mean, I, I thought it's, it's holiday. I'm going to, I've had these plans and now you want me to put in leave and don't you know all the things happening in my life? Josh N can be really confrontational. Where at times it can be really uncomfortable. But if you keep comfort close to your heart, you'll struggle in this church. And that's a, that's a ship that you need to burn actually. And I'm saying this with respect. I'm hoping that you guys are catching my heart. We understand all of us are in different places in our faith journey with God. And, and we do understand. We don't want to put it like a, a standard that's impossible to meet. But man, we all want to look to Jesus, who is the perfect one, and we want to follow him passionately. And we don't do these things on purpose to, in a sense, offend you. But man, I know when I'm out of my comfort zone, I need to trust God. I realize I can't trust myself. I need to trust God. And in this church, we're all teaching one another to really trust God, actually. And there's a call, and I want to finish with this. There's a call this morning to, to trust God, to burn the ships. What is it that you need to do? Let's pray.